Hello, and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And we are back after a very exciting and tumultuous NFL Week 16. Now only two weeks left in the season. It's gone by so fast, and so many unexpected things have happened. We will recap all that happened in the last week, but we will start with the Buffalo Bills victory over the LA Chargers and the Bills escaping with a narrow one here. Two-point victory over Gib Smith and Easton Stick. And Scott, what did you think from this performance of the Buffalo Bills over the Chargers here? Well, I think my first comment and most important thing is you got it done and you escaped with a win. And that was most important. This one with your season on the line. That being said, this is the last time that you can put out that type of effort. I think there were a lot of things that were not going in your favor. Being on a short week, going cross country on the road off of and just going against some things that you had no prediction for what was happening. There's no tape for Jeff Smith and some of the different things they could do. But even that being said, Buffalo should have been a better team and should have had a bigger lead. But I guess our next two games are more important to discover that. I, I think overall, Josh Allen made a lot of amazing plays, just like he normally does. But turnovers were extremely costly this one and should have lost them the game, or could have lost them the game at least. Yes, 100%. And watching this game... I was just I was very worried early when they when they got down to the Chargers. I thought this was just going to be a complete, you know, fall, you know, just complete F game from the Bills as we've seen a couple times this year. But they were able to kind of come back and take control of the game. But yeah, the turnovers really put the defense in some difficult situations. You were really handing the Chargers, trying to hand the Chargers this game at numerous points in the game. Uh, I was impressed overall with the defense. I think they really got some good pressure on stick, sacking him five times. But other than that, I mean, I was not impressed very much at all with this offense. Uh, the Chargers' defense is the worst in the league. I understand the coaching change maybe you know gives them a momentum boost, but still, this is the worst defense in the league. You should have rolled this game. I really wanted to see a, a blowout classic Bills style, and instead what we got was another inconsistent showing uh, by this team. Yeah. Uh, so I think when I talk about the defense, I think they did impress maybe even more than the score sheet says. 100%. Other than that very first field goal when they drove 90 yards down the field, the Bills defense didn't allow the Chargers to have more than 30 yards on any drive. And uh, maybe a lot of that was in part of how the turnovers and where the offense was placing them. But they held them out of the end zone. They held them just to field goals, which I think was extremely impressive. But when you talk about those turnovers, the the Deontay Hardy punt muff, like, that's absolutely awful. Like, you cannot have that. And as far as the other two, like, the Cook fumble, like, I don't know what you can say about There's a whole lot you can say about that. And the Allen one, the defender jumped the route. I Maybe mean, that's not the type of place to put that ball. He just didn't put enough on it. But for me, the Hardy one was absolutely awful. That's the one you cannot have, ever. Like, I don't care how explosive you are as a returner, get someone back there and catch the ball. I don't care if you get negative yards on every punt return from here until the end of the year. Get someone that can catch the ball. Yes, I agree 100%. And this is something that, as a Packers fan, I know something a little a little bit about this. When we had Amari Rodgers the last couple of years returning punts, and the whole thing was, you know, this is kind of his, his, his niche in the team. He's an explosive guy. And he fumbled over and over and over again. And every time you you know you watch that ball come up, your heart is just like pounding in his chest. And it's like such a routine thing. Like it's an easy 
it should be an easy play just to catch the ball and start running with it. But yet the, these unreliable returners, yeah, you got to nip that in the bud, put someone in there that with, you know, good, consistent ball handling control. And yeah, for the Bills, luckily, you know, the turnovers are a problem, but that's maybe one of the easier things to fix if you're on the offense. It's not like they're, you know, fatally flawed. They can't move the ball or anything like that. So I think the turnovers, while concerning in this game, and, you know, Josh Allen turnovers have been a concern throughout the year, I think it's something that they, they, are, they are able to dial back, and they should be able to dial that back in the weeks forward. Yeah, I do. And, like, they've been able to climb all the way back from being out of the playoffs, like, very well, to now having a shot at the division and the number two seed. Yeah, which is crazy to say. Absolutely crazy to say. And I know we just watched Miami beat the Cowboys, but I'm still not fully convinced that Miami is all that great of a team. So if, you know, Buffalo wins this next week against the Patriots, Miami loses to the Ravens, which both those things will probably happen. We're looking at a battle for the division in the final week, one that I'm very confident that the Bills can win if they play at their best, because I think the Bills are a better team than the Dolphins when they're playing at their best. I would agree. And from there, we go on to the Green Bay Packers in their victory over the Carolina Panthers, 33-30, to just squeezing it out. So, Scott, what were your initial thoughts from this game? Once again, we're back here with the defense, yep. with this absolutely atrocious defense, who has let one of the worst offenses in the league yet again come out and put up big numbers on them. The Packers' defense consistently does this over and over again, where they're letting below-average quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks have their best days of the season against them. Yeah, this is unacceptable. I mean, last week it was at least a competent offense in the Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield at the helm. This time it was against maybe the worst offense in the league with the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young, who has just been awful for various reasons. I don't think it's completely his fault, but he's been awful this year. And he made him look like a superstar in the making. Like this Packers defense, like you said, was atrocious. They played soft coverage way too deep all game long. They were not converging on the ball. Their tackles were lousy. They're just giving up a ton of big chunk plays, allowing the Panthers to really shred this defense up the middle of the field. They easily could have lost this game, and some might have said they should with some of those controversial ref calls late in the game, especially with that Dobbs catch. On the flip side, you're looking at more positive. I think the offense really continues to impress me as they were able to string together good drive after good drive in this game. And Aaron Jones, rushing for over 100 yards, really um, is looking like he's back to old form. And hopefully we can get that one-two punch going with him and Dylan. Yeah, I think certainly the offense is a reason to be optimistic. And it hopefully still gives you a chance to come back in the season. I mean, yeah, the, the offense kept bailing you out. Every time the defense allowed a score, the offense came right back and did it. And Love was able to fit in those tight windows. He dropped a few absolute dimes in that one. He was so fun to watch. And the offense was able to hunt. Yes, and Love has been just really consistently good this year. Like I said last week, I don't think there's a game this year where you can pin the loss completely onto him. He really hasn't made those mistakes. On the flip side, though, you can pin some games that he really was the sole reason for their victory. And this this year, Love has had seven games this season with multiple passing touchdowns and no interceptions. That's most in the NFL. So he's a guy that not only takes care of the football, he throws those touchdowns. He's going to take those chances with some big plays. And yeah, he's just been really good this year. It's just a shame to see 
what should have been the strength of this team, what should have been the thing that you depend on and is the backbone of your team, the defense, is so bad. It's not even mediocre anymore. It's plain bad. It's just unacceptable with all the talent we have on that side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And going forward, it's like, do we really have a shot at the playoffs this year? Of course we do. And, you know, you look at you're facing the Vikings and the Bears. So if we win both of those games, we have a shot. But whoever we face in the playoffs, it's not going to be a very fun game to watch. It's going to be very, very, you know, their defense is just going to get shredded. That's what I have come to expect now from this Packers defense. And, you know, we have to address those concerns if we want to be competitive in these coming weeks, especially if we want to be competitive in the playoffs. And if they were to win these last two games, they got a 95% chance of making it per New York Times playoff simulator. Yeah, so very wide open here. And the NFC playoff picture is is looking like it's going to be pretty down to the wire with a lot of these games. You know, the Seahawks knocking on the door, the Rams right there, the Packers, you know, Saints could still go in. So it's a lot of teams right up against the back door, all looking to get in. And this is where the true winners will be decided in these next few important weeks. For sure. And from there, we go on to the NFL's Clown of the Week for Week 17. Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. And this week for the NFL Clown of the Week, we have a trio of Packers, Jair Alexander, Matt LaFleur, and Brian Gutekunst. So for the Packers game playing the Carolina Panthers, Jair Alexander jogged out onto the field with the team captains to call the coin toss. And in proceeding to call that, the Packers won the toss, and Jair Alexander chose to have the defense come out on the field. Now, this is a fatal mistake that some people may know about, but apparently not Jair Alexander. You are supposed to, by code, defer to the second half, but Jair wanted the defense to come out on the field. It was only because the ref told him, you mean defer, that Jair Alexander was able to redeem himself and have the defense come out on the field in the first half and not in the second half. If the ref hadn't said that, the Panthers would have got the ball to start both halves. So apparently Jair Alexander grew up in Charlotte, and that's the reason why he wanted to come out on the field and almost mess up this game. I don't know if he still has fond feelings for the Panthers and wants them to win, but it sure looked that way when he jogged out with the other captains on the team. You are not a captain. This is not your place. You're not supposed to do this. Know your place. Know your role. And after this game, Matt LaFleur was asked about this, and he publicly criticized Jair Alexander. I understand that was a dumb thing to do by Alexander, but you're the coach. You're supposed to have this under control. If you see him jogging out there, what are you doing? You're just standing there slack-jawed, wondering what's going on? Like, this is as much your fault as it is his, and the worst thing you can do is publicly, in front of everyone, just shame him like that. This is something that you should take privately behind doors. And to cap off the trifecta of this clown show, we have Brian Gutekunst announcing that the Packers are suspending Alexander for the next game. The Packers are doing this. Well, who are they playing the next game? The Minnesota Vikings, who have, oh, I don't know, the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. Like, who is going to cover him? You're playing for your season. This is your season online. You have to win both of these games. Who is going to cover Justin Jefferson if you just voluntarily took your best cornerback out of the game? So, for this absolute clown show, 
Jair Alexander, Matt LaFleur, and Brian Gutekunst, you three stooges, are all the clowns of the week. And from there, we go on to the game picks for Week 17. But first, the recap. Last week, Scott went 9-7 and seven with his picks. I went 11-5. and five, So gaining two, I'm now behind Scott by four. As Scott has 156-84 and 84 on the year, and I am 152-88. and 88. So looking to narrow the gap even further, let us go into the Week 17 picks. So we will start off with Thursday Night Football a matchup between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. And Scott, who do you have taking this matchup? I have the Browns winning in this one. And I do as well. So the Browns have had quite a crazy comeback here with the helms of Joe Flacco. And Amari Cooper's absolutely insane day last year, or last week. That's some, some crazy stats for this. So... Something like I saw from Brad Spielberger on X. So the craziest aspect of Amari Cooper's 265-yard day, 211 yards of it came through the air. He didn't break off screens for 80-yard gains. He got open at the intermediate and deep levels, and Joe Flacco uncorked it. The 211 receiving yards through the air is the most in the PFF da- database since 2006. Wow. The only yeah, other game just... that reached the 200-yard mark was Calvin Johnson. That's crazy. Yeah, Joe so I, Flacco, I know you like, have some strong feelings about the Browns yourself. I do. I really do. And I, I was thinking about, like I said, I wanted to elevate them to that heavyweight tier. And I think it's time to do that right now. Like Joe Flacco has given this team new life that we haven't seen from them all year. And in just a couple of stats for you, Joe Flacco, since he came back, uh, excluding the, the, the Rams loss, so the last three games, uh, really he's had a chance to establish himself. He's first in yards per game passing yards per game with 351 average per game. He's first in passing touchdowns with eight total, and he's tied for second in 20-plus yard passing completions with 15 over the last three games. So Joe Flacco is coming in there, and he is slinging it across the yard. Like He is taking chances. He's hanging in the pocket. He is throwing some big-time balls. You've really seen Amari Cooper come alive. You've seen David Njoku come alive. This Browns offense is really humming right now, and I don't think this is something. I don't think this is a flash in the pan because Joe Flacco is not a flash in the pan. He is a seasoned vet, and I really think this is exactly what the Browns needed right now. So, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you. I think the Browns are going to roll the Jets here. Although I tend to disagree about the Browns, I think that this Flacco thing, is, the bubble is going to pop eventually. I think that's just common sense, knowing from a quarterback. I mean, the last time we fully saw Flacco, he was averaging more than a yard less per attempt. Like, I think this thing is going to sputter out at some point. I don't know, because the Browns just seem like the perfect fit. Like, they're a team that they're ready. You know, they're ready to do this. Like, we're, we got a great defense, the best in the league, arguably with the Ravens right up there with them. We got like the best offensive line in the league. We got a, a decent enough running game. It would have been elite with Chubb there. And Stefanski is a, a genius offensive coach, one coach of the year a few years ago. So I think like Flacco is just kind of easing into this role, and he's fit into it really, really well. I think it's only going to get better from here on out. And you know he's got to clean up those interceptions a little bit. Um, I think the Browns just really they just are, they've sold me completely. Like maybe you know hook line sinker. Maybe you know I'm going to be wrong. Maybe you're going to be right on this one. But I think the Browns are heavyweights. I think they have the second best chance to make the Super Bowl in the AFC behind the Ravens. And I would not be confident if in picking the Ravens if these two teams played again. Okay, interesting. 
just my my musings here. I mean, you look at the Chiefs, not really reliable. The Bills, dangerous, but again, not really reliable. Dolphins, not really reliable in my opinion. I think this is the the AFC is going going to come down between a game between the Ravens and the Browns. Mark my words, AFC Championship Ravens Browns. All right, we like to hear that. Yes. <laughs> And from there, we go on to a very intriguing matchup. I will have my eyes glued to this one. The Detroit Lions facing the Dallas Cowboys. So, Scott, who do you have winning this controversial matchup? Oh, this pains me, but I'll be picking the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and it pains me as well. I will have to agree. Yeah. Uh, the Lions have been my team to defend this year. Uh, even when pe- they've been lower, I- I've been one of the only ones to still come out and defend them that I still believe that they're elite. But unfortunately, I think Dallas will have the better end on this game as they are just absolutely spiraling after two losses. Yeah, I mean, it really was disappointing to see that from Dallas last week because I picked them as my underdog lock, and they just completely disappointed me. Like, Dallas is – I'm not even concerned. I wasn't even too concerned with their loss to Buffalo because that happens. You know, we've seen that the Lions were blown out by the Ravens. You know, the Chiefs just – they've had some really bad losses this year. The, the Niners had their stretch of games. The Eagles had their stretch of games. And, you know, that, that wasn't a big deal to me. But how you respond in the next week, the good teams generally respond – with a, they're going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be angry. The Cowboys were just kind of like, eh, you know, not no big deal. We know who we are. We're good. And they just, they, they faced a Dolphins team that can't beat good teams and they lost to them. And that just really concerned me. So I think this is a, going to be a really close game, but at home, Dallas has just been too good for me to pick against them. Right. And from there, we have the New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. And who do you think wins this divisional battle? Oh, the Bills winning this one. And I'm going to go absolutely rogue here. I'm going to take the New England Patriots. Oh, going rogue. What makes you think that? So, yeah, Bills played really um, well against the Cowboys. Came back and played very shakily against the Chargers. And I think if they put out that performance they did against the Chargers, I think the Patriots will take advantage of that and capitalize with the win. And so I think this just kind of the, the odds just line up for me. The Patriots playing a little bit better, beating the Broncos, doing the Bills a favor. Um, but there's no love between these two teams. I think the Patriots look are looking to play spoiler on the Bills season. And so, I don't know. I'm calling me crazy, but maybe the Patriots take this one. All right. And for me, for the Bills, I, I think this is the kind of game that you need to see a blowout. Like, yeah. these are your must-have-it games. Like, you need to be absolutely on fire when you go into Miami next week. There's there's no room for squeaking one out right at the end, turnovers, any of that. No, you need an absolute blowout. I want to see him hang 40. Absolutely, I want to see him hang 40. Yes. Oh, I agree. Like, yeah, you need to, I want to see, I want to see it last week. I need to see that this week for me to feel confident that they can beat the Dolphins next week. I want to see them coming in into that game on a big role in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I got to go with my instincts on this one. And on this next game, another game that has just had me twisting and turning. It's a matchup between the Falcons and the Bears. And Scott, who do you have winning this game? I have the Falcons winning this one. And I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears here. Yeah, interesting. 
Uh, I like the Falcons, especially for the fact that I believe that the craziness that has happened in the NFC style this year would not be complete without a division winner by the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons winning the division would just be the perfect cap to this season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would just be so bizarre. I mean, this Falcons team, like they're switching quarterbacks. You know, now it's Heineke in there. It was Ritter. And they just look so inconsistent on a week-to-week basis. It's just like they do not deserve to be in the playoffs. But that would just be like the most NFC South thing of all time if they won in this division. But the Chicago yeah. Bears, for me, they've just shown a little bit more in the last few weeks. Justin Fields is playing a little bit better, and the defense has been stepping up their game. So I think I will take the Bears here. But again, Falcons are just truly impossible to predict for me. Yeah, and I don't know if you if people may know this about me, but I love absolute chaos like that. Like the year that the Commanders got in, it's had a real well record. I don't know why, but I love things like that. <laughs> just teams that don't deserve to be in the playoffs, just for whatever reason. Just want to see them get in. <laughs> yeah, makes them more interesting, you know. Yeah, but to your point, yeah, Bears have been better as of late. Had a nice win versus yes. Arizona last week. Yes, yeah, definitely but... poses some questions now with if they're going to keep Fields, but it's good for them either way because now he has more trade value. So yeah. But I think either way, it's a good matchup, so I'm picking Falcons out on the vibes alone. <laughs> yes, not a bad pick. I, I think we both picked them last week, and we uh, we were right on that one just based on the vibes of them beating the Colts. So, hey, it could happen again. Yeah. And speaking of the Colts, they are our next matchup. They take on the Las Vegas Raiders. So Raiders coming off a pretty big win against KC. Do you think they repeat with a win against the Colts? I do not, as I have the Colts winning this one. And as do I. Yeah, the Colts have been such an interesting team. I mean, they they have just outperformed expectations so immensely, but also just have had their moments where they just have kind of fell flat. I mean, the injuries to an already talent-depleted team had affected them the last couple of weeks, especially last week. And Minshew has the potential to always throw some games for you. But I think in this one, the Colts can come out on top. It just feels like, again, it just feels like a game that they should be able to win. 100% agree with that. And they absolutely have a chance to win this division, too, now with the injury to Lawrence. And, you know, you got to have these games. Maybe we could see the Colts win this division. That would be, how chaotic would that be? That would be insane. Uh, all here for the chaos, for sure. Um, and from there, you got the L.A. Rams taking on the New York Giants. So for the Giants, Tyrod Taylor will be the starting quarterback over Tommy DeVito. Who do you think wins this game? I have the Rams winning this one. And I concur. Man, the tale of Tommy DeVito already over. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It was a fun Just one like while that. lasted. Yeah. That is such a fun thing about the NFL that you can just become just a absolute story and a superstar just because you're Italian. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I as an Italian American, okay, I was feeling very proud of of my guy Tommy DeVito there, especially his agent. I mean, that's some nice looking suits there. He got his fashion game on, but uh, yeah, it, he was awful though. Like, let's be honest, like he was not good. Like he threw for like what hundred yards a game average, like. I knew this was going to end pretty soon, and uh, sure enough, it did. Yeah, this has been the season of of magical quarterbacks just falling flat and disappearing all of a sudden. <laughs> right. The legend of Dosh Dobbs. Yeah, now DeVito. And Browning, too. He fell flat. Yeah. Jake Browning. Did I even throw Howell in that, too? Yeah, well... Um, no, but that's a conversation for later. <laughs> and then, 
moving on to this next matchup, we have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. So Eagles squeaking out a victory against the Giants. Still doesn't seem like everything's quite right there. Do you think the Cardinals are able to pull off an upset? I do not. Is that the Eagles winning this one? And I would have to agree with that. Although I sneakily was thinking about the Cardinals for a second, but I think the Eagles should will be able to start finding a way to roll some more. Yeah, and I really would like to see them start rolling again. It just feels like, you know, we need someone to challenge the Niners in this NFC. And the Cowboys have been faltering. The Eagles have been faltering. It's like, who is going to, you know, we don't want to see just the Niners just dominate everyone in their conference. And so, yeah, I think it'd be better for football if the Eagles start rolling again. And it's just kind of been weird to, to see what's going on, especially on the offense side of the ball. I know the defenses have been really weak all year, but it's just kind of weird to see how they've kind of collapsed a little bit and have been losing their identity on offense. Yeah, for sure. Definitely could have something to do with those missing coordinators, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd said that when we were coming into the season, that I believe that that could affect the team more than people thought it could. And I think that certainly could be true right now. I'd have to agree with that. And moving on from there, we have an NFC South battle between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And who do you have winning this game? I have the Saints winning this one. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to just, wow, that's actually really smart. I'm going to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Why would you pick the Saints here? I, I think that overall, I do believe the Saints are a better roster. And that was something we talked about the last time these two teams played when the Buccaneers won. It's like, wow, the Saints, you squandered a win to them. That wrecks your chance for the division. I think they're going to come back hot and hungry here, and I think the Saints are going to get a win over the Bucks and bring this division back to even. Well, I, I would I stand on the opposite side here. I think the Bucks really have, the last couple of weeks have been separating themselves from the pack in this division, and they just really look like the most consistent team in the division, just able to pull out wins, whether it's their defense stepping up and or the last couple of weeks, Baker Mayfield just really playing really well, really good football. And so I think the Buccaneers just – they really just kind of separated themselves from the pack here. Uh, and I think they should, I think they're going to win the next two games, go 10 and seven and, and wrap up this division. And I think they could even kind of give some teams in the playoffs a little bit of trouble too. Yeah, I, I do believe the, the Bucks had a very nice win versus Jacksonville. It looked very good every time I tuned into that game sporadically, but I don't know. They just seems to the team to me like they've just been inconsistent enough. Where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna be get get on a roll, and then all of a sudden just fall flat. <laughs> yes, I mean you never, I you should never trust any team in this division for sure. Uh, but if I had to put trust in anyone, I'm going with the team with the best quarterback, and I truly believe Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in this division. So I don't know. I don't trust the Buccaneers as a as a team as a franchise, but I guess I trust Baker Mayfield a little more than Derek Carr. All right. And from there, we go on with the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Washington Commanders. And who do you have winning this game? I have the 49ers winning this one. I do as well. Yeah, 49ers taking a loss to the Ravens last week. But I still believe that both of us would agree that the 49ers are still top dogs in the league despite that. Yes, I would 100% agree. And just kind of really was kind of a not a fluky game. So I don't want to take anything away from the Ravens in that game because they were exceptional. But the Niners, you know, they drove down the field, looked really dominant. Purdy threw a terrible throw. Then on the next drive, they were driving down again, really nice. And batted pass, interception. So just the way the kind of the game unfolded was unfortunate. I don't think I really got to see the battle I was looking forward to. But I think they respond with a blowout win here. 
Yes. And uh, for the Commanders now, uh, Jacoby Brissett in at quarterback. And uh, I think it might be time to roll the clips from a little earlier in the season. <laughs> oh, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess we yes. will. I guess we will. Mark my words that Sam Howell will be out as a quarterback by the end of the year, and nobody will be looking at him as a starting quarterback anymore. So you're saying he gets benched at some time during yes. this year? Yes, by the end of the season he'll be looked at very poorly. But yeah, I mean that I was that was a good take by you. I will say, and and I'm not saying mine is a bad one though, because I still think this team believes in Sam Howell. I think this is one of those benchings that it's like. We we believe in you. You just need a little break, and we're gonna roll it up for next year. No point in you hurting yourself. The season is it's over for us. It's better anyway if we get high draft pick. You know, Sam Howell. You know, in you we trust. But if they don't trust in him, that's all the better for him because this is a, a dysfunctional franchise with a terrible head coach. Well, not terrible, a bad head coach I think in Rivera. So Howell would be better suited to go somewhere else anyway. Yeah. So since week 11, though, Sam Howell, two passing touchdowns, eight interceptions, a 53.2 passer rating. The eight interceptions and the passer rating are worse than the NFL over that time. And look, you know, I blame that on, you know, not Sam Howell, certainly not. I would blame that on this team um, just selling out. You know, they they traded away all their good players on the defense. They're clearly trying to tank here. And, you know, that's no quarterback is going to succeed in that environment. You, you know, you got to have someone that a team that is looking to build around you, a team that wants to have your back and believes in you. And for me, this team just doesn't believe in Sam Howell um, in the way that I thought they were. So, going. so Jacoby Brissett can't come in and, and do well. He can't throw 10 to 13 for a few touchdowns there right in a row. Well, 123 passer rating. That's backup quarterback magic. I mean, I've seen it a couple times. I think that's, you know, backup QB magic. Joey Brissett's also. You know, pretty decent quarterback in his own right. Yeah, I would agree. Pretty decent. Um, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to uh, throw in the towel uh, for Sam Howell. Uh, so I'm gonna hold on. I will give you credit though. You you called it, so I'll give you the win on that one. But I'm not taking the L yet because I still believe in Sam Howell in the long run. All right. And from there we go on to the Carolina Panthers. Taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jaguars watching their season slip through their fingers here as Lawrence has really struggled all year and now recently with injuries. Do you think they're able to pull out a win against the Panthers here? I do, as I'll have the Jaguars winning this one. And I will have to agree with that. Yeah, it might not be pretty, but I believe the Jaguars are capable of doing it. Maybe one that's very similar to the Packers and Panthers game last week, where the Jaguars just just escaped. But I think they're going to have that sense of urgency and say, like, hey, we're still going to be out in front and we're going to be able to take this game. Yes, I agree. And I still think they're the best team in the division, the most complete team over the Texans and the Colts. But, I mean, they really have not looked all that impressive these last few weeks, especially Lawrence just really not playing well. So I think they really should have been better suited um, benching him. And now he's got a shoulder thing going on. He might not even play for this game. But still, I think, you know, Panthers are true bottom feeders in the league. Hopefully the Jags can get back on track against them. Yeah, Lawrence truly has been making some awful decisions. I feel like whenever I've watched him recently, like the fumbles, the picks, just the decisions just look terrible. Yeah, I agree. And from there, we go on to the Miami Dolphins. Taking on the Baltimore Ravens here. So the Ravens coming off a very nice win 
pretty much locking up that number one seed here, but not so fast. They have to face the Miami Dolphins, who also came off a nice win against the Cowboys. So who do you think takes this game? I have the Ravens winning this one. And I'm going to go rogue here. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins to win this game. All right. Well, I think the Ravens have now gone out and proven that they are the true top in the AFC. And we're going to put this, throw this out one more time this year. Mark my words, Ravens are going to win by 14 plus this week. Oh my goodness. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so the Ravens are a very good team and they beat the 49ers fair and square. That was a great win. Dolphins though. I think they have more momentum here. I think the Ravens, that 49ers game was like, Marked on the calendar, you know, checked out, circled, everything, highlighted. They put their all into that game. And I think they have a slight chance of overlooking the Dolphins here. Dolphins have a team that are a team that I haven't believed in all year long, but they came out with a really good win against the Cowboys. And I think, I don't know, I just, I like Tyreek's explosiveness. I like what Tua's got cooking here. And uh, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta gain some games on you here. So I'm gonna be going a little bit more rogue. Give me the Dolphins, I guess. Yeah. I mean, for me, Dolphins, Dolphins will be without Waddle from this game. And I, I didn't really think their offensive game was too impressive. Like, overall, at least in terms of finishing. I think McDaniels was able to scheme up some really nice things. They had some really nice run schemes in this one. And just some nice plays schemed up them. Like, that, the last play to seal the game for them, that screen to Tyree Kill, just looked like a really nice design. I think those are some of the things you can do well. But I, overall, I do believe in this Ravens defense and that the Ravens can score and move the ball on uh, Dolphins defense that I think we can agree is weak. Yes. Well, they are weak. They have been playing better as of late, especially since Ramsey got there. And to me, like I wanted to see the Dolphins play tough against a tough team. And they, they did that against the Cowboys. That was kind of impressive. Like That was a way that I hadn't seen them win before it was playing kind of a tougher game so i think they're they might be trying to change some narratives about their their team their complexion and um hey i think they have more at stake um, than the ravens do in this game uh, desperation is a powerful motivator so i don't know i i don't even i kind of half believe that they're going to win at this point um but i you know like i said got to got to gain some games on you here so i'll take miami yes you do and then we have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Houston Texans. So Texans are getting C.J. Stroud back and just in time for a nice little push here trying to win the division here. Who do you think wins this game? I have the Texans winning this one, but I think this is going to be a shaky one. And I will agree I have the Texans winning. Yeah, I think this could be look like a very many of the Texans games where it's kind of come down to that last second field goal. And I would predict a couple of Stroud interceptions and not looking quite on form in this one. I mean, as Titans have looked okay, like they haven't been pushovers as of late. They haven't been too bad. But I think the offense for the Texans could face some struggles in this one. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. You know, Stroud first came back from injury. Here, coming up against, you said, a, a pretty good Titans team, um, at least on the defensive side, been playing some tough football and gave the Seahawks kind of a hard time. But, uh, yeah, Texans just a better team at this point. Stroud has been very explosive this year. I think that'll be enough to get them the win. Right. And from there, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Who do you have winning this cross-conference game? I have the Seahawks winning this one. And I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers here. 
Yeah, yeah, you're still back at year on that uh, Tomlin getting his nine wins, right? Of course. So he's got two games to do it, and he's uh, you know he's riding with his reliable guy Mason Rudolph, and uh, yeah, had a pretty darn good game last week when their backs were against the wall. They came out and destroyed their division opponent, the Bengals, and Bengals also had their backs against the wall in that game. So it wasn't like they were just slouching over. So Steelers, they're playing some competitive football. Like I said, Tomlin maybe the best leader of men. Um, in the in the NFL, maybe not. You know, he's not one of these offensive coaches or anything like that. But man, he really sets the tone for this team, and I think they're going to go into Seattle and upset the Seahawks here, who have looked a little bit more susceptible than I thought. Yeah, Seahawks themselves have been, I think, one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL this year. And I think all throughout the season, I, I'd said so many times, like in the earlier part of the season, I, I don't know what to think of them yet. I need more time. Like I can't make a good assessment of that. Like, I don't know. Like I, I want to call them dead at points, and other times seem they're competitive. They're just an interesting team. I think I've, I've finally settled on. They're just okay. Yeah, they're they're, they're fine. They like you know, they're, they're not they're not bad, but they're not great. They're just they're kind of just fine. Like they're, they're well rounded. They have like depth in a lot of places. Like they're pretty deep at wide receiver. They're pretty deep all over their defense. But Geno Smith just doesn't really do it for me at quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with that. And from there, we go on to the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Denver Broncos. So Broncos just announcing that they will be benching Russell Wilson for the remaining two games of the season. So that incurs Jarrett Stidham as the starter. Who will you be taking in this game? I'll be taking Easton Stick and the Chargers. I'll have to disagree. I'll take the Broncos here. Yeah, I think it's kind of crazy how much the Broncos are still favored. Although maybe the market has not hit with Stidham quite yet. I think the Chargers have played admirably the last uh, in the last week game versus Buffalo. And the Broncos, on the other hand, I, I think at this point, when they're out of the playoff picture, they'd maybe like to drop a couple of games and just make sure they're out of it a little bit and just maybe try some different things. But overall, I think what we've seen from Jared Stidham is not good. Well, I, I mean, last year when he played for the Raiders, he showed some pretty explosive opportunities there, playing fairly well, I thought, for a guy that was coming in as a backup. I think he might be able to do something similar or even better with Sean Payton as the coach. He's, I think Stidham certainly gives you bigger, more bigger play opportunities than Russell Wilson. And I think if Sean Payton could manage a Russell Wilson this well to get them to seven wins, I think he can manage Jared Stidham maybe a little bit better even. Just kind of a fresh, more fresh energy here, so. And the Chargers are, are not very good in themselves. So I, I'll take the Broncos, but I think it, it's going to be a very close game. All right. Yeah. And from there, we go on to the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost one to the Raiders. Do you think they can get back on track with the win against Cincinnati? I do. And I do as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the Chiefs defense that did not allow Aiden O'Connell to have a single passing yard for three quarters. Still, like, could not win them the game. And I think that speaks to how big the offensive struggles have been as of late. Yes, and I know the last couple of weeks I was downplaying their offensive struggles a little bit because they still have a pretty good offense, you know, a top 10-ish uh, area in most categories. But when it comes to the clutch, and they just really have not been good this year, especially with the turnovers. Like the turnovers have been just really crucial, especially in this game. Their defense was dominant in this game. They completely controlled the Raiders. Like you said, O'Connell throwing for only 64 yards in this game, and they just complete, completely shutting them down. I mean, this Chiefs defense is really good. They're like top five in almost every category. 
So it's got to be frustrating for Chief fans to watch their once great offense waste what seems to be the best defense they've had in Mahomes' career. And hopefully they can get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely it is. I don't know. I don't believe this, I don't hand. believe in this team as a heavyweight contender anymore. Like because at a certain point you just have you are who you are. And the Chiefs to me are just a team that gives the ball away on offense and they're not really able to come up in the clutch like we were used to seeing. Yeah. I mean on the other hand for Cincinnati, like to be able to lose five games in their division is just awful, and I think it's put you in the position that you are. I mean, even the story of Browning so far, going to that Pittsburgh game, like you thought that he maybe could have been able to put up another game and keep them in the playoff race. And looking forward to this game was one of the ones that fans would have marked in the calendar all year, and both these teams have significantly failed expectations for one reason or another. Yeah, but I would even when the Bengals did have Burrow. Who would have thought this would be, you know, an eight and seven Bengals facing a nine and six Chiefs and two teams that really nobody is impressed by at this point. I mean, definitely would not have seen that coming. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, if Bengals pretty much seems to be over for them this year, uh, but the Chiefs, they're still going to win this division and they're going to host a playoff game. So, I mean, if they really need to get things together, if they hope to do anything in the playoffs, but. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen for them. I, although I do think they're going to have to take care of the Bengals here going forward. It's just going to kind of be a disappointing end to the season, I think. Yes. And to conclude the week, we have Monday Night Football. The Green Bay Packers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And who do you have winning this primetime NFC North battle? All the Packers winning this one. And with great caution, I will agree. I mean, uh, the Vikings are going to rookie quarterback Jaron Hall for this one. <laughs> I think for me, that is the biggest reason why. Even though we just went and just tore apart this Packers defense, I think that Minnesota's offense is not going to be able to get enough done. I think that the Packers' offense is going to be able to outpace them. Like, similarly to how they were able to outpace the Panthers. Yes, I ultimately, I agree with that. I think it's going to be a way closer of a game than than it should be in this one, uh, as it was with the Panthers. And the, like the Jair Alexander thing really has me concerned because last time they faced, last time Jair faced Jefferson, he completely shut him down. And like, this is who well, we all think is the best receiver in the league. And you're not going to have your best defender out there. And so this is going to be, you know, the Packers have historically uh, last few seasons had a hard time against the Vikings specifically in this building, but hopefully love can shake off those, you know, cobwebs of, of, well, not cobwebs, but shake off those kind of that dark magic of playing at the U.S. Bank Stadium and come out with a nice win. I, I do think the Packers are overall the better team here, but again, they've also been kind of inconsistent this, this year. And so, I don't know, just kind of praying for a win more than thinking they will win. Right. And from there, we have the underdog locks of the week. So last week, I went with the Cowboys and they fell to the Dolphins and Scott went with the Commanders and they fell to the Jets. So on the year, Scott is four and eleven and I'm three and twelve. So we need to hit these last couple of weeks, make it at least a not an atrocious season. So Scott, who do you have for your underdog clock? This week was one of the few weeks this year where I had just a lot of options I really liked before ultimately deciding to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said about this game, I think vibes and just really wanting it more than anything. I think they're competitive with the Bears, but I think based on vibes, they're going to take this one. Yes, I like that reasoning, and I will be going 
for similar reasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Seattle Seahawks. So like I said before, the Steelers are in a pretty desperate spot here. Got to win one more game at least to keep Tomlin's streak alive. Probably got to win two more to make it into the playoffs. Going into Seattle, when what I see is a kind of susceptible um, Seahawks team, I think the Steelers will be able to get it done. All right. And from there, we'll move on to Rob's Fantasy Stars and Sits of the Week. So why don't you tell the folks how we did last week and what you got cooking up for this week. All right. So last week, I told you to start Rasheed Rice at receiver, and that was not a good call as he finished as the number 44 wide receiver with only six catches for 57 yards, although he led the Chiefs in uh, yardage receiving, um, still only good for 44th overall. And then I told you to start Derek Henry, and this was a slam dunk as he was the number two running back after being like the 100th the week before. He ran for 88 yards and a touchdown as well as an 11-yard catch and a 12-yard touchdown pass. So he got some bonus points on the passing touchdown there. And then for the sits, I told you to sit Gus Edwards, and he finished as the running back number 16 with 31 yards on the ground and one touchdown, also had a 39-yard catch. And then I told you to sit DeAndre Hopkins, and he was the 79th ranked wide receiver, only going for 20 yards in the game. So we'll take it two hits, two misses last week, looking to capitalize on some good, what I think are really good picks this week. So I will tell you to start running back Jameer Gibbs of the Lions facing the Cowboys. So Gibbs has been seeing increased action these last few weeks with 10-plus touches in the last three games, 10-plus carries in the last three games. And he's had three straight games with touchdowns. He's had also had five total touchdowns in the last three games. He's going up against a pretty susceptible Dallas run defense, who we just saw got shredded against the Bills. I think Gibbs will see some red zone action. He seems to be kind of the red zone guy um, in contrast to what we saw earlier in the year with Montgomery. So I would tell you to start Jameer Gibbs here. I would also tell you to start Nico Collins versus the Titans, who the Titans we mentioned their toughness on defense, but they've had a hard time stopping wide receivers as they're 26th against wide receivers in fantasy. Stroud is back, like we mentioned. Collins is also getting healthier by the day. I think he's going to be back to form, and I would tell you to start Nico, who is the clear number one now that this team is without Tank Dell. I would also tell you to sit Gabe Davis of the Buffalo Bills versus the Patriots. So the Patriots have been pretty good on defense this year. And Gabe Davis has been very up and down this season. He has had zero catches in four out of the last six games that he's played, which is an astounding stat for a guy that we both like, I think. I certainly like him as the number two option there. He's going up against a New England defense that shut down Cortland Sutton last week. And I really would be very wary to start Davis here. I would tell you to sit him. I would also tell you to sit Tony Pollard of the Cowboys facing the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions are first in the league against running backs in fantasy. Pollard overall has been sort of underwhelming this year for much of the season. I think Dallas will take a more pass-heavy approach at home, and they're really going to be looking to get Dak cooking again. So I would tell you to sit Tony Pollard this week. And from there, we go on to Scott's parlay of the week. So, Scott, how did you do last week? What do you have dialed up for Week 17? Yeah, last week, not so good for us, as we missed on a couple with the Cowboys and the Jaguars while only hitting on the Browns. So this week, we are looking to get back on track and in a big way. If you were to bet this one, you would get a very nice payout, as 
mentioned previously, there were a lot of underdogs I like this week, and we're going to be taking advantage of that this week with two in our parlay. So for this week, my parlay is the New Orleans Saints, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So Ravens are a number that I like enough versus Miami at minus 168, and the Chargers underdogs to Denver as a team I really do believe in strongly for this one. And then for the Saints, maybe if you're a little bit off board with the Saints, I think they have been the better team this year, slightly better in both points for and points against. So I think maybe we've been a little uh, soft to forget that we do believe that the Saints are at least for the most part of the year, the Saints are a better team and the best team in that division. So therefore, on this week, bet on the money line, Saints. Ravens, Chargers. All right, very risky picks here. I like the boldness going into the second last week of the NFL season. This is where things get interesting. We're going to have some heartbreak. We're going to have some excitement, and we are all here for it. And this has been, mark my words, football podcast with Rob. And we are shooting. Shooting.